Hello, this is Pastor Bob Gray. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast here at Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. I trust the services will be a blessing to you. If I can do anything for you, please let me know. You can find our information on the website at ebclongview.com. Let's go right into the services of Emmanuel Baptist Church. Enjoy God's Word. James, if you would, go to the book of James, and I'll be giving you more updates. Let's all stand if we could and stretch your legs for just a moment. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And uh, let's pick up in verse number 2, if we could. And uh, James chapter 1. We're going to pick up in verse number 2. We're going to read down through verse number 6. So if everybody would read along with me, and uh, that way you can get your Bible reading in for the day if you haven't gotten it in. So here we go. You ready? James chapter 1, let's pick up at verse number 2 through verse number 6. Ready? Begin. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, not wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Right there in verse number 5, and keep it very traditional, contextual, if any of you lack wisdom. We're going to talk about that today. If any of you lack wisdom. One of the things that, it, that the past couple of weeks that I have been very amazed at has been the conversations that people have been able to text me. And uh, when I stepped out uh, and I felt the need to step out, um, I reached up and pushed pause on 41 conversations uh, with different members in this church, 41 real conversations uh, that we are in the middle of, of a, you know, Pastor, what are we doing? What do you think we need to do? Y'all, listen, I'm about to tell you. When Jesus Christ died on the old rugged cross, that veil was rent in twain. And it was rent from the top to the bottom. Every one of us, we have direct access to the throne of God. One thing these couple of weeks have taught me is that I'm not the end all. I was never meant to be the end all. Do you know who the end of all is? God. God's the end of all. And tonight I just want to give you, I want to lay at your feet an incredible truth from God's word that I have to remember for myself, and I really want you to remember. I do believe, and you hear this said often, I am more excited about our future than I've ever been. I am more committed to our future than I've ever been. And I can see with clarity to some degree on a couple of levels that we can't get confused along this journey. God is not the author of confusion. And we live in such a spiritual world that many times we try to take the spiritual world and we try to take the physical world and we try to make the two match. Because after all, if it works in business, it'll work in the spiritual world. That's not true. 
Well, after all, if it works over here, it'll work in the spiritual world. No, no, no. His world is unlike any other world you've ever been a part of, and it can only be navigated by faith. That's the only way it can be navigated. And to get ahead of God is for you and I to get ourselves in trouble at some point. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to this time of the service, and Lord, as I was listening to Brother Brian, I was watching the video. Oh, Lord, my heart was stirred. Lord, every one of those pastors and every one of those men that at some point surrendered their life, they had to get wisdom from you. They had to come to you and find out, Lord, what am I doing? How do I need to do this? And oh, my God, please, tonight, would you help us to take your word at face value and to put it into practice into our lives. I believe it's in this same book. You told us that if we hear the truth and we do nothing about it, we're like a man beholding his face in a glass, then he just goeth on about his way. Lord, I don't want to look into the mirror of your word tonight and be the same. Although I know the truth you've laid on my heart, Lord, I don't want to leave the same. I, I want to leave more a believer committed to seeking your wisdom. And God, I ask now that you'll help us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Automaker Henry Ford asked elect electrical genius Charles Steinmetz to build the generators for his factory. One day, the generators grounded to a halt, and the repairmen couldn't find the problem. So Ford called Steinmetz, who tinkered with the machines for a few hours, and then threw the switch. The generators whirled to life again, but Ford got a bill for $10,000 from Steinmetz. Flabbergasted, the, 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 the tight-fisted car maker inquired, why is the bill so high? Steinmetz replied, for tinkering with the generators, $10. For knowing where to tinker, $9,990. Ford paid the bill in full. If you and I have lived long at all, you will find that there are some things in life that anybody can do. Anybody can get married. Anybody can get married if you'll lower your standards and not really care what you get, you could get married. All you need is a person of the opposite gender. I think I just need to reiterate that one. All you need is a person of the opposite gender. All you need is back when I got married, $25 for a marriage license. And then if you can con convince your bride to pay $12.50, I'll pay $12.50, and then we'll get married. All you need is a preacher or a justice of the peace to perform the ceremony or sign and, and to be able to sign. All you need is a ring. Doesn't matter what kind of ring it is. Doesn't even matter if it's real. Just a ring. Then you need an I do. Then you can seal it with a kiss However, just because you're married doesn't mean you automatically know how to be a wife or a husband. And I do does not make you an expert. 
the ring doesn't make you a good cook. Many married couples have babies. There are couples all over the land that are taken totally by surprise that they're going, thank you, brother, that they're going to have a baby. The wife goes to the doctor complaining about not feeling well, only to be told that her sickness will last for nine months. The wife calls the husband. The husband goes into temporary insanity shock mode, only to be followed up with a shouting and telling everyone, we're going to have a baby. Then the wife brings home this picture of her womb, this sonogram, and points to that tiny speck and declares, that's my child. Doesn't it look just like us? <laughs> However, just because you can father a child and just because you can carry that child doesn't mean you know how to be a parent. Any teenager can graduate from high school. Did you hear that, teenagers? There's no such thing as a dumb teenager. There's only, well, I better back up. Let me, let me, no. Simply go to class every day, study every night, pass all your quizzes and tests, walk across the platform, receive your high school diploma, and you have graduated. However, just because you have graduated from high school does not mean that you know how to make the right decisions on your 19th birthday, your 20th birthday, your 21st birthday. It doesn't mean that at all. If any of you lack wisdom, just because you get married doesn't mean you know how. Just because you have a baby doesn't mean you know how. Just because you graduate from high school doesn't mean you know how. It is not what you do in life that will bring success as much as it is how you do it that will bring success. You see, there are a lot of voices that tell you how to do something, but they have only arrived at that declaration by trial and error. Their life is not your life. Their dilemma is not your dilemma. Their problem is not your problem. Your problem is uniquely designed by a creator because your creator does not mind you discussing this with another mortal man, but at the end of the day, your creator wants you to come to his throne and ask him about how this needs to be done. Tonight, if you're struggling because everything you touch is falling apart, your job is not going well, your relationships are not going well, your marriage is not going well, your relationship with your teenager is not going well, your relationship with your grown adult children are not going well, your relationship with your co-workers not going well, your relationship with your finances are not going well, and just fill in the blank. What is it in your life that is not going well? It's not at the top of its game. It's not where it used to be. And right now, it causes anxiety in your life. Listen, God has the answer, and the answer is this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. This is very interesting where God chose to place this verse. Would you please look at James chapter 1? And in James chapter 1, if you would, in James chapter 1, if you'll look where God chose to place this verse, look at verse number 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into what? Divers temptations. 
knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let her patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting nothing. He said, and in the middle of this, if any of you are in the middle of a trying situation, let him ask of God for wisdom. Most of the time, when you're going through, what you're going through is simply a lack of wisdom problem, not a problem that is with a person. And it's not a problem that is a work problem. And it's not a problem that's a circumstance problem. Please listen to this. It's not a problem that's a financial problem. Most of the problems people go through are not the problem they think it is. It is simply this. I don't have enough wisdom to make it through this problem, and I've got to stop right where I'm at, and I need to ask wisdom. Moving is not the issue. Quitting is not going to solve it. Complaining won't help it. You, you, you switching mates or careers or, or, or backing up on God is not going to get you out of your problem. The thing that will get you and I out of our problem is this. Ask God for wisdom on what do I do in the middle of all this. And we need to stop and we need to discuss that it's very easy for people to spiritualize their prayers. It's very easy for someone to say, well, I prayed about this. I've asked God for wisdom for this. But the Bible is the best qualifier of whether or not it is God's wisdom. Listen to what I'm about to tell you because this will save you and I from being deceived by people who want to be more spiritual than you and I are trying to be. Listen, nobody has cornered the market on the wisdom of God because God's wisdom is God's wisdom customized for your family and for you, sir. And there comes a time, how do I qualify this wisdom? How do I know if what these people are telling me is the wisdom of God? If this is really true, the Bible clarifies it. Go to James chapter 3, and in James chapter 3, this is how you know. Some of you right now, and let me ask this question while you're turning there to James chapter 3. How many right now have a situation in your life that you have come to the point that you don't know clearly what to do about it? Would you raise your hand? Listen, God has what you're supposed to do. God knows what you're supposed to do. God's not living with unclarity about what the next move is. And he wants to reveal that to you, and he wants to show you what you need to do. But here's how you know if you're on the right track. Look at James chapter 3, and look at verse number 13. Very important, very important. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his work with meekness uh, of, of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is what, please? Earthly, what? Sensual, what? devilish for where there for where envying and strife is there is confusion and every evil work did you see that and many a times people say but i prayed about it 
I've sought God's wisdom about it. Then God tells us that the wisdom that comes down from above, did you hear this? The wisdom that is laid in your lap meets the criteria of the next verse. Look at it. This wisdom, verse 15, descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion everywhere. But the wisdom that is from above is first what, please? Look at it. It's first what? Then what? Then what? Then what? Easy to be entreated. You see, when somebody's on the same page with God, they take on the nature of God. When someone is going to the throne of grace and they're begging God for wisdom, God, I don't know what to do. God, I don't know what the next move needs to be. Then they will never emerge sensual. Can I get an amen right there? They will never come out earthly. They'll never come out devilish. Can, can I say that again? When someone claims to have been to the throne of God, they will not walk away with the costume of hell. Because our God does not give wisdom that makes you sensual, that makes you devilish, that makes you... No, no, no. This is not the wisdom of God. Don't let these spiritual apostates tell you that they have been to the throne of God and they have sought God's face and they make us out to be weird. We are not weird, ladies and gentlemen, because when you go to the throne of grace and you ask God for wisdom, you don't come out looking more like the world. You come out looking less like the world. You don't come out fulfilling this flesh. You come out denying the flesh because the wisdom that is from above is first what, please? Pure. Think about it. Then what? Peaceable. You're not burning bridges. You're building relationships. Look at it. It's gentle. It is easy to be what? Entreated. You know what that means? That means you can ask me anything you want to about the decision that I have made after being to the throne of God. And I am easily entreated. What do you want to know? But when people start this kind of stuff, no, 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 no. You know you have got God's mind on whatever subject it is, Brian. You have gotten God's mind. When you come out with the nature of God, then you have been to the throne. While we were away, I... Went to Starbucks. I know that shocks you to do some studying, and and uh, and I put my AirPods in, and I would read God's Word, and I would study a little bit, and I came back to pick up Kelly and RG, and we were just going to go uh, enjoy the day, and uh, and she gave me a hug when when I came in, and she smelled. She said, "You've been to Starbucks. You smell like coffee," and I'm like, "Uh, uh well, uh." Uh, God only answers prayers with coffee, amen? And, and, and you, you, you smell like coffee. And so throughout the day, she would hug me. She goes, you still smell like coffee. And I said, well, good night. I spent an hour and a half in Starbucks. What do you expect me to smell like? There's coffee beans everywhere. Hey, let me tell you something. When you've been to the throne of God, you'll come out smelling gentle. You, you'll come out being easily entreated. But when there is this offense, like you're being attacked, this is not the wisdom of God. 
And you need God's wisdom. You need God. You may not need him today, but you're going to need God. How do I know that I am hearing from the throne of God? It won't appeal to your flesh. It won't make you look more like the world. It won't make you sensualist. It won't make you devilish. It'll make you somebody gentle. It'll make you somebody to be easily entreated. You'll be pure. And then look what else it says right here. And easy to be entreated. Full of what, please? Full of what? And good fruits with out, what is the next word? Partiality. When you get God's wisdom, you become a John 3, 16 Christian. When you get God's wisdom, you are opened up wide to everybody around you. But I find it very interesting. I find it very interesting that the assault on the believer in 2021 is this. If you don't see it our way spiritually, then you can't. This is not God's wisdom. Don't listen to the mouth of man. You get into the mind of God, and you get into that book, and you rest everything you do on that book. The wisdom that's from above is first pure and peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Add and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. I've come all this way down the text. And then Miss, Miss Pettikoff, a musician, just kind of make your way to the piano. Because it comes down to two points. And here's the two points. If you right now are like, I've, I've got these decisions to make, and I don't know what to do. First thing, admit it. Admit it. Stop playing macho man and admit it. Stop acting like you got it all together. Just admit it. Admit you don't know what to do. Come to the end of your pride and for once in your life, just say, God, I don't know what to do. Don't act like you got all the answers because you don't. You see those trials and tribulations that are talked about in the very first of James there. Let me tell you something. You're going to face a trial and a tribulation that you don't know what to do. Admit it. Would you please admit it? When I come to this point to where I'm like, I don't have it all together. I don't even know what the next move is. I don't even know what I'm, I've got to admit it. Can I ask you? Are you trying to bull your way through a situation rather than admit you don't have a clue? That's why when you ask somebody, you ready to get married? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. You think you got enough money? Got money. How much do you have? $2,563 in the bank. How far do you think that will take you? Long way. Because we got love. But how many times after somebody gets married, a man will come in in the quietness of the night and he'll knock on that side door when he sees my truck. And when I open up those curtains and he steps in, he goes, I don't have a clue how to do this. I don't even know how to be a husband. I don't even know. I fail every time I turn around. 
I don't even know. Let me tell you something. You'll never get his wisdom until you get off your high horse and get on your knees and realize, I have no idea how to do this. God doesn't need your fingers attached to his mind. God needs your knees on the ground attached to his mind. And get on your knees and just say, God, I don't know how this is going to go. God, I don't know how, what I'm supposed to do. Because when we have to admit it, would you drop your pride right now? Can I drop my pride right now and realize this? I don't know. One of the pressures that, that a pastor can feel is this pressure of having to know everybody's answers. I, I love counseling, but I think counseling is turned in and should be more of a prayer session than a talking session. Did y'all hear that? I, I think prayer, sh counseling should turn more into let's get on our knees and ask the Father of lights, the giver of gifts from above, to give us what we should do. Tell me the problem so we can get on our knees. And I think that sometimes pastors fail church members because we don't do enough praying in the office and we do more talking in the office than we do praying in the office. But let's just get it all set. What may have worked in my 54 years of living may not work in your 25 years of living. And it's only a God in heaven that can help you out of whatever you're into. Joe, it's only a God in heaven that can answer that prayer. Brother Cameron, it's only a God in heaven that can come through for whatever you need. Whatever you need, Victoria, only a God can come through. I can tell you how Kelly and I did it, but this is not your life. If any of you lack wisdom, let them ask of God. And let me tell you, when you get that wisdom, it won't come out sensual. It won't come out devilish. You won't come out looking like the world. If time and prayer equals worldliness, you went to the wrong throne. According to that word. Admit it. I ain't got it. Second thing, we're done. Ask for it. Stop beating around the bush and ask. Stop hinting around with God and ask. This is why God has given us to an, into, the, into the masculine, not the feminine. It's our father, not our mother, which art in heaven. You want to know why? Because women hint, and men don't take hints very well. Can I get an amen on that one? Don't hint at me. Tell me straight up. Well, if you loved me, you could just get on my wavelength. I love you. Ain't nobody on your wavelength because you keep changing the frequency every day. <laughs> amen. Joe's the only guy that's willing to stand up and say amen on that one. Connor, let me give you a good hint. Trent, let me give you a good hint. Might as well get, mm, mm. Colton, how's your frequency doing, buddy? Come on. Ethan, keep grinning because yours is coming, man. Hey, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Men don't take hints well. You're married. You're sitting there. First argument that others have. The first argument, you're going through the drive-thru. Do you want anything to eat? No. You don't want anything. No, I'm good. I'll take a Whopper with a large fry and a large Diet Coke, throw an apple pie in there. Comes through the window. She's like, 
smells good. You're like, it does. I bet it tastes good. It does. Is that Diet Coke good? It is. After about 10 hints, it's like, do you want some? And don't you love the response? I only want a bite. A real man will take the whole thing and just hand it and go back through the drive-thru. And then you're going to hear these words. When we were dating, you would drink after me and eat after me. And I'm like, we're not dating anymore, baby. I got you. Hey, let me tell you something. God doesn't want you to hit around. Well, Lord, I, I ran into a problem and, you know, sometimes I just make, you know, I kind of have a situation, God, and I kind of, no, 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 no. If any of you lack wisdom, would you just admit it? I don't know what to do. And then would you just ask? Get on your knees and ask. Grab your wife and just ask. Get with a friend and say, I have no idea. But I'm just going to ask, ye have not because ye ask not. Stop beating around the bush. Ask specifically for what you don't know how to do. Don't you appreciate that student that has to drop their pride in class? And come up after classes dismissed when all their buddies got it. And they came up and they have to go, hey, can I ask you a question? I, I don't know how to do this. And I wonder how many students are C average students because they tried to buffalo their way through a test. Rather than being an A student because they got the wisdom needed to answer the questions. When I came here to school in 1980, I had been to an AC school the first, or for four and a half years. An AC school, you just, how many went to an AC, how many know what I'm talking about? You sit at a desk, you take these paces and you go up to the score table, you score, and then they ask you to forget the right answer that you saw. And then when you get back and you sit down, you go, I don't know, but that's what that's right. I'm just going to put that answer right here. And how many AC people? Come on, you cheated that way. Thank you for admitting it publicly, Brother Frank. All right. Oh, I'm telling you. And it'd be like, there's a score key, so you find the right answer. And this is the wrong answer. You mark it wrong in red. And you're supposed to go back and sit down and act. Like, oh, oh, I just figured it out. <laughs> I passed, I passed seventh grade, sixth grade, fifth grade, fourth grade, third grade through ACE. Praise God for that. I cheated my way through. Don't look at me that way, you people. When I arrived in eighth grade, my very first class, very first class was Mrs. Merrill. She taught eighth grade English. And Mrs. Merrill looked at me and said, Bob, can you name the eight parts of speech in front of the entire class? 
Y'all are nervous I'm going to make you name the eight parts of speech, aren't you? I sat there in total ignorance, but I tried to buffalo my way through. I have those report cards in my office, those individual report cards. I made D's, D's. C was a great day in my world. After we got done with baseball season there about April, F's were fine in my world because at least I passed the play. Hey, let me tell you something. But the best day of my life was that when I went to Dendy Merrill in economics and I said this, Mr. Merrill, I need your help because I got to admit, I don't know. And to this day, Dendy Merrill is my, was my favorite teacher because Dendy Merrill said, Bobby, it'll be okay. Let me teach you how to study, and let me teach you. I had to admit it, and then I had to ask. It's simple tonight. Whatever you're facing, stop beating around the bush and put it out there because there's something about when you say it and you hear it, it confirms that you don't know it. And there's something humbling about that with your God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast of the sermons from Emmanuel Baptist Church of Longview. We trust that the sermons and God's word was a blessing to you and yours. Please visit us at ebclongview.com. If we can do anything for you, please let us know. Have a great day.